and welcome to Sharing Real Hope. My name is Mike Hall. It's really not something that tends to be on our radar as Christ followers in the West. What am I talking about? I'm talking about persecution. Persecution for us in the West has been a distant concept, to be perfectly honest. I'm not charging us with um, being bad in this situation, being bad people, but in our busy lives, in our comfort, in our affluence, uh, in our relative peace and freedom of worship that we enjoy, it's easy for that to be that distant concept. But that's not so for 215 million Christians in nations on the world watch list who experience high levels of persecution. That 215 million Christians represents about 1 in 12 Christians worldwide. Think about that. 1 in 12 Christians worldwide. 215 million Christians. And it may be more than that, but these are the ones that are reported on the world watch list. And by the way, That comes from the website opendoorsusa.org. Again, opendoorsusa.org. You might want to write that down and go to it after you finish listening to this podcast. During the uh, World Watch List of 2018 reporting period, there were some 3,066 Christians killed, 1,252 Christians abducted, 1,020 raped or sexually harassed. And then there were 793 churches attacked in these nations. And this World Watch List, they'll list the the 50 top nations in terms of persecution, and they'll rate them from uh, severe to, to, uh, to, to very hard persecution. They have, I think, about three different levels of rating and and I would guess that even in that, it doesn't catch everything. I, I'm sure there's so much more going on that's that's not able to be to be reported. Persecution is a reality right now, right at this minute, as we are living and breathing and enjoying our freedom. Persecution is a huge reality for so many around the world. Um, recently, as this podcast is being uh, done. There has been uh, one country prominent in the news, and that is North Korea. And it is number one on the watch list, and it has been that that for the last 18 years. And in that country, there's just been uh, unmentionable, uh, indescribable suffering. And, And I don't have time to go into that on today's podcast because I want to try to at least partially answer the question, What do the scriptures say about persecution? Let's look at persecution from God's perspective because the scriptures give us God's perspective. This is exactly what the Lord wants us to know about persecution. And we begin with the very words of Jesus in John chapter 15, verses 18 to 23. And they say this, If the world hates you, you know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. But because you're not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, because of this, the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, a slave is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, 
they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will also keep yours. But all these things they will do to you for my name's sake, because they do not know the one who sent me. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would not have sin. But now they have no excuse for their sin. He who hates the f- me hates my father also. So Jesus said several things there about persecution. Uh, and, and he talks about the reality of persecution in, in these scriptures. And here's some of the reality that he states. He says, uh, they hate me. They hate Jesus. They will hate Jesus' followers. It is a reality. They will hate those who follow Jesus because they hate Jesus. That's something we've got to understand. We, we uh, could potentially take it personally, but these people around the world that are suffering so much uh, torture and pain and separation and isolation and, uh, and a lack of resources and being starved to death and being killed in different ways, they understand that it's the hatred of Jesus that causes their persecutors to hate them. And then, in this passage, we're told that, that you are not with them, them, because they are a part of the world, and you're not a part of this world system. So, so uh, they're going to persecute you because you're not with them. You, you're not a part of the world system. Verse 19 talks about this. If you of the world, the world would love its own. But the world, you're not. So they don't love you, they hate you. And verse, uh, verse 21 says, they do not know Jesus. And because they do not know Jesus, they are prone to persecution. And then verse 22 says, their excuse for sin is taken away. And so uh, they are in their sin and they want to remain in their sin. And so they don't have an excuse for their sins. So they will take it out on people whose sins have been forgiven, who are, who are free from condemnation. They're going to hate you because of that. They're still in their sin and there's no excuse for it. That's exactly what Jesus said. They, Jesus said, that's the reality of persecution. But then we go over to another great passage in, found in 1 Peter chapter 4 to see what our reaction to persecution should be if we're persecuted. And by the way, I just want to say to you that even though you live in the West and I live in the West, most of us that are listening to this podcast, um, and even though we enjoy relative freedom of worship and, and freedom from persecution, let me tell you, uh, things are changing. And we may not realize the full brunt of it in our generation, my generation, I'm in my 60s. Um, maybe even my children in their 30s and now coming up on 40, uh, maybe they won't realize the full brunt of it. But I have a feeling the way things are moving as quickly as they are, uh, my grandchildren may realize some of this persecution. It is coming. How do we react? Well, First Peter chapter 4, verses 12 to 19 says this. Listen to the Word of God. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal among you, which comes upon you for your testing, as though some strange thing were happening to you. In other words, don't be surprised. Don't be caught off guard by persecution. It is a reality. It will happen. And Jesus said, in this world you'll have trouble. But look at verse 13. But to the degree that you share the sufferings of Christ. See, when we're persecuted, we're sharing in Christ's sufferings. Keep on rejoicing so that also at the revelation of His glory, you may rejoice with exultation. In other words, here's what he said. When you you are persecuted, rejoice. 
not over the pain that you're going through, but rejoice with eternity in view. One day you'll be able to rejoice with exaltation that you were privileged to share in the sufferings of Christ. Eternity has to be kept in view. I'm reminded of 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 16 and 17 that says, Therefore we do not lose heart, but though our outer man is decaying, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. For momentary light affliction. That's what Paul calls persecution. And he knew what persecution was all about. Uh, Check it out. He said it's just a light featherweight. For momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. He said these things that we're suffering here temporarily cannot even be compared to the glory that we're going to experience in eternity. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal or temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. And so Peter here in 1 Peter 4 is saying, Rejoice when you're persecuted, but rejoice with eternity in view. It's coming and you'll really uh, rejoice when you get there. And then verse 14 says, If you are reviled for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the Spirit of glory and of God rests on you. And what he's saying there is, when others revile you, when others look down on you, you are blessed with the Spirit of glory and of God. They may say you're, you're no good. They may hate you, but God is looking at you completely different. His Spirit of glory is resting on you. Verse 15 says this, Make sure that you, none of you suffer as a murderer or thief or evildoer or troublesome meddler. And so he's saying when you are suffering, make sure you're not suffering justly, something that you deserve, but rather make sure you're suffering for the cause of Christ. And then verse 16 says, But if anyone suffers as a Christian, he's not to be ashamed, but is to glorify God in his name, glorify God in persecution. Verses 17 and 18 say this, For it is time for judgment to begin with the household of God, and if it begins with us first, what will be the outcome for those who do not obey the gospel of God? And so he's saying here that God uses unjust suffering, unjust persecution to purify us. He's even in the bad part, he is working good. Think about that. Even in the bad, God is working good. And that's something that we've got to keep in mind. We've got to understand that is that is the truth. And then finally, verse 19 says, Therefore also those who suffer according to the will of God, see, it doesn't cost, uh, catch God by surprise when we suffer. It's all a part of God's will and what He's doing in our lives, shall entrust their souls to a faithful Creator in doing what is right. In other words, we have to trust God that He knows what He's doing when persecution comes along. So most of us are not going to get imprisoned. Most of us are not going to be tortured. Most of us are not going to become martyrs and be killed uh, for the cause of Christ, but we may be laughed at, we may be overlooked for promotions, we may be misunderstood, there may be things like that that happen in our lives, and we'll get suffer what I would call light persecution, but you understand when it comes that God is using it in your life to purify you, to make you more like Jesus, and you've got to trust a faithful God that He knows what He is doing. Well, let me take these last few moments to say what is, to answer the question, what is the responsibility of fellow believers to those being persecuted? How can we help those out there, those 215 million Christians that are suffering unbelievable persecution? Well, 1 Corinthians 12, 26 tells us to suffer with those that suffer. 
In other words, we need to know what's going on and be grieved in our spirit and suffer along with them. Galatians 6.10 says, Do good where it's possible to everyone, especially those that are of the household of faith. How can we do good? We can pray for them. There are so many verses in the Scriptures that talk to us about praying for fellow believers. And one way we can enter into the sufferings of those that suffer persecution around the world, we can pray for them. We can be aware of their suffering and pray, and they feel our prayers. Romans 12, 15 tells us to rejoice with those that rejoice and weep with those that weep. Uh, We can't just live in this isolated little bubble, this bubble of freedom, this bubble of freedom of worship and freedom from real persecution. We cannot just live in this isolated bubble and act like nothing's going on around the world. We have to be aware. We need to make ourselves aware and we need to pray about it. You can be aware. I encourage you to go to these websites, opendoorsusa.org or persecution.com and and check out uh, Voice of the Martyrs website there, persecution.com or opendoorsusa.org. There you can begin. You can get resources to keep you aware of what's going on and you can pray specifically for our brothers and sisters that are suffering persecution. I encourage you, take this seriously. Even though you may be in relative comfort and safety and security, there are so many that aren't that are a part of the body of Christ. Let's love them and pray for them as well. Well, until next time, God bless. Thank you for listening to this edition of Sharing Real Hope. We hope that you were encouraged in your walk with Christ by what you heard. Please take a moment to email us with your questions, prayer requests, and comments. Our email address is sharingrealhope at gmail.com. Again, that's sharingrealhope at gmail.com. Or you can visit our website at sharingrealhope.org. Until next time, keep living in and sharing real hope.